0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Sisterhood with me Shelly Chopra. The one show where women confess their insecurities and confront their challenges and together figure out what to do about them. On the show today, our spotlight is on cancel culture. Now what is cancel culture? It is a way by which we cancel people out from our lives, from our social media, from offline relationships, from professional relationships, because we disagree with them or we feel that they did something that didn't work for us. But is cancel culture healthy? Is ostracizing someone based on an incident the one and only way to deal with people? If forgiveness is potentially the opposite of cancel culture, Are we really becoming human beings who are looking at just one way of looking at things? We debate all of these various issues around cancel culture on the show today. On Sisterhood, always many voices on the issue. Those who are in the middle of hearing this concept all the time. Joining me now is Prashasti Singh and Sherry. Uh, Prashasti is a stand-up comedian who has left her corporate life to take on comedy. And Sherry is an influencer, she looks at fashion, she looks at a lot of other aspects So, what women are up to, lifestyle and much more. Thanks very much for joining us. Prashasti, I'll first come to you. This absolute wave of cancel culture that we are all, uh, you know, hearing,
1: watching, seeing unravel. What's your take on it? I don't understand, (laughs) it's necessary for my survival, so I have to be there, but every time I speak something like this where people reject people for, uh, you know, for a mistake that they've made. uh, It uh, really disturbs me. What do you think
0: the cancel culture really means for uh, upcoming talent? I mean, at the end of the day, we are questioning uh, a large number of problematic issues on social. And this also envelops the entire ecosystem of comedy.
1: What can cancel culture potentially do? To rising talent. I don't have a clear answer. Of course, if someone has done something as bad as you know, physically abusing or molesting a woman, of course this person needs punishment. But what happens in this uh, social media justice court? A lot of times, I feel is that there's a lot of impulsive reaction and a lot of impulse, you know, a lot of immediate uh, need for action. And there's a reason why, when when the same thing is processed in a Proper court of law, and ideally an efficient court of law. Things take time because every problem has a nuance to it. So that's why even though I definitely like, you know, when the Me Too movement happened, uh, I saw so many stories coming out it was very exhilarating in the sense that you know what, so many women are getting a chance to speak up. But I think around the same time when I saw people being so hateful to people and wanting to end their careers and their, to some extent I have heard people on Twitter you know, see people wishing death on people so I just I can't relate to that culture, I am like how have we become this uh, how is it that we who want good things, we, we who want right to propagate or we who want people to be punished for their wrongs wish such horrible things for people and are so impulsive and jumping to conclusions So, but I also don't have an alternative solution for that I've ha- I was having a discussion with a friend uh, about again, you know, Me too and the related uh, cancel culture, you know and I don't have an answer to what is the alternative given the way our courts function and given how difficult it is for women to go, to go and register a complaint about sexual abuse but I also know that this is also not the, not the ideal solution, right? Something has to be figured out which is more balanced. Sherry, what is your view on cancel culture?
2: Um, I don't believe in cancel culture which is something I see a lot now and I just feel like um, it takes out the human from angle from everything and we're not robots everybody is a human being at the end of the day uh, whether they are whatever the biggest celebrity in your eyes or whether they are you know um just someone you see in your neighborhood, everybody is human at the
0: end of the day. Sherry, in your opinion, what does cancel culture do to people, to their to their health, to their, um, also, also, it's very unforgiving by uh, the very nature of it.
2: I feel like everybody is going to make mistakes, right? It's not like, and they have over the years, it's just that now with social media, uh, everything has become so uh, current and so quick come out that people know of people's mistakes much faster than they did about 15 years ago Um, and um, I just feel like we're more aware, we're more vocal about what we want in um, you know uh, people we look up to. So for example, if you feel like um, someone you admire is doing a fairness cream campaign and that offends you obviously people would be vocal about that which people wouldn't have been about 20 years ago because there wasn't a forum or a platform for them to voice that opinion.
0: With power, Sherry, comes responsibility as influencers and social media um, important VIPs, so to speak. Do you think cancel culture must be dealt with extreme, extreme care? Um, Instead of cancelling people, I think it's
2: important to understand where uh, they're coming from or what their thought process was from. They're human, sometimes they just make mistakes. And uh, it's okay to say that, okay, this person realized that they were wrong and, you know, it's fine we all make mistakes um it's just that i think when you're um obviously a public person on a pub platform with a lot of people looking at you constantly um you do have to kind of somehow explain yourself if not apologize at least i think uh to people or to your audience uh, to help them understand why you did something that was wrong if you did it Because I think it's really important to at least acknowledge people's feelings and say that, listen, this is what my thought process was. Uh, I really didn't think of it like this and it
0: maybe turned into something else. There could be different forms of cancel culture. Some people like to call out, which means bunch of people who believe in a certain ideology, a certain thinking, a certain idea of a certain concept would go out there and call out somebody else for not uh, adhering to the principles of that idea. This is often adopted on social media by activists or people who certainly believe that they need to openly condemn by calling out. There's another conversation around cancel culture called calling in. Calling in is often around having frank and candid conversations about problematic behavior or action with somebody but in a private space so that's called calling in there's also of course boycotting which is a very central part of our cancel culture where you could see that either a person or a company or brands are boycotted because certain people question their approach or their ideology or their behavior towards people and then of course there is cancelling which is possibly the most extreme aspect of cancel culture which is to say that they are going to as as a collective or as a set of people are going to question and um perhaps shred uh the reputation of a person online plus offline for what they've done for how they behaved and that eventually has an impact uh, on livelihood of an individual uh, due to the kind of problematic perception he or she has or the harmful action or opinion they have displayed. Prashasi, there's also the flip side, right? I mean, this is an opportunity for people to get together and call out problematic behavior. In that sense, that should be okay if people come together to question. Maybe that's
1: the power of social media as well. I think uh, I really worry about young people because people like me have thick skin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I have, I have worked in three offices. I've, uh, you know, you by the time you you worked in three offices, dealt with multiple bosses, you you sort of know how to hold your conviction and you know how to filter things that are nonsense. You know, like as a young intern, I would get affected by every of my bosses. As someone five years into the organization, I'm like, you know what? I, Three things he says make sense. Two things don't make sense. That's just his ego, right? So I have had that grooming. So I know I'm more equipped to be like, "Hey, pakwas, it's not Like on my YouTube comments, also, you know, I know what what to take as feedback and what to. I know when it is just plain misogyny. But I worry for young people for whom this is their first career, because this this, this definitely can have a very Very bad impact, a very negative impact on their confidence. And you know, if I, if I, even if I have one person in my circle of people that I tell them that you know what, you need to learn to filter or you need to, you know, find so much confidence in the art you are creating that these things don't affect you because these things will always be there. You know, like in office, you always will have a bad boss, even the good boss becomes a bad boss eventually. (laughs) So, you, the environment more or less will be some amount of toxic you know you need to find that confidence within you to hold it and like you know because it's a long run, it's a, it's a game meant for people to stay put and be at it so you need to find that conviction Sherry what would you like
2: to add to that? Uh, a lot of things I feel like now are coming out from like 15 years ago or 20 years ago also which is which is really sad because people have to actually pay for things that have happened ages ago and now it's like oh and I'm like you know it's done they probably apologized to the guy it's over it's like you know why why do this now to this person and cancel this person for something that's happened ages ago Um, so I think this whole cancel culture is a really terrible thing and it's really scary I think for most people which is why um, they feel like imagine like when you've worked on a on a platform or worked in a career for years and on one mistake is kind of you know going to put an end to that um, is obviously really scary for people which is why I think a lot of people are being less and less vocal um, and just kind of like you know sitting uh, on the sidelines because they're scared of what people are going to say or think and that's really sad because I feel like we should be able to communicate freely, we should be able to share our thoughts without being afraid of constantly being, you know, uh, like judged or cancelled and I think it should be okay for people to make mistakes as long as they acknowledge those mistakes Um, and you know know what they did wrong and moving forward plan not not to do those things. Um, I think that's what's more important than just saying oh you know this person made a mistake let's cancel them and let's delete them from our lives and let's like I just feel like that Uh, that whole vicious
0: culture needs to end. Thank you both for joining us. I think we've got, um, I'd like to bring out uh, on Sisterhood one important aspect about cancel culture. Neither are we here trying to prescribe it and nor are we here to suggest that it's, um, it's wrong. We are debating many aspects of cancel culture and bringing you different voices on what this entire terminology is doing to people and the kind of impact it's having on them. Have a look at some of the other voices that we brought on the show on cancel culture. So, Netra, thanks so much. I'd like your perspective as well on cancel culture and what you think is that doing to the way our entire social timeline functions?
3: I think everybody has to decide what they want to be. Now, if they want to be some kind of a mass person, that they want to be a mass personality and they want to be someone who is who has an influence of over a large number of people, then I think that they have to be very careful. They are very careful about the fact that what am I saying? How do the people that uh, my community that I cater to what how do they take it? Is it something which is getting retweets or not? Is my video getting lots of play or not? I think that becomes a huge consideration for them, right? And I think that Shelly, there is a fear of that happening with journalists as well. Because you know, what if you say something and very, only a thousand people seem to like it, then what is the point of you? Then where is the validation? From? Now the and I'm saying this only to tell you that at the moment I'm in a comfortable place where I already work for a mass media kind of platform. So I work for a paper which Uh, which has a digital presence as well. And it's not my job to be liked by everyone. So from this position, which is a comfortable position where I don't have to be liked by everyone. I have the luxury of saying I'm just going to say what feels right to me. It doesn't matter what people think. So for example, um, you know, and I've always thought the brave thing to do is to just even if it sounds like I should know or it sounds like a very simplistic question which some people say what a dumb question if it's there in my mind because look I've been a journalist for 21 years so obviously I've been trained to do this this is the only thing I know what to do and I have to ask the questions which other people may be asking so I just use my every time I approach a story or every time I look at a news I'm always looking at it as a news consumer as well so I'm not afraid of saying that Yes, of course, it's nice if I have an opinion, if I have a, if I write a piece and uh, like a million people read it or two lakh people read it. I, I don't think any a million people have read my pieces or uh, definitely not read my books. But uh, it's great if they you know everyone shares it and my article goes viral. It's great. It really is. I have to admit it is a validation. But the thing is that at the end of the day, you know, it's not very easy to have. It's not it's it's a huge it's a huge bother to keep thinking what should I say that people will like? That's not my job, no. My job is just to say how it is.
0: In your assessment, what is this going to lead us to?
3: You know, a lot of people they things and they say that oh that the liberal crowd isn't liking what you've said. But that's not my job. I just have to say how it is. I just what is my job? My job is I'm a political editor my job is to look at politicians, all kinds of politicians, see what is interesting and look at the thing. Maybe I'm not saying that everything I say is correct, but I do have a solid explanation for every story I do. Yeah. I do have a solid explanation. So as long as I'm able to do that, everyone takes a wrong news call. But as long as you have a solid reason and rationale for taking that news call or taking that or doing a particular story, then I think you're fine. It's just that everything can't be according to, you know, none of that has to be according to what people want to hear, because then you're just not going to get it right. Because then you're really giving people what they want. And then what's the point of that? Because the point of that and and actually the truth is that people do actually want to hear what they're thinking. So people, but then Shelley, the problem is, you're not going to surprise people. What is the point of writing an opinion piece or writing an article, if everybody already knows and feels that? You know, and those are the ones that get promoted the most or are shared the most. But the reality is that our job is to tell people what they don't know.
0: Anuja Chauhan, a best-selling author, also pays a lot of attention to what's going on around her world, especially in this world of social media and the way people are changing their attitude. Here is Anuja's take on
4: cancel culture. The point is that public memory is so short, right? Tomorrow there will be mm-hmm. one more thing and then your the fact that you got cancelled yesterday, everyone will forget by day after tomorrow. So, I, I would just look at that a little optimistically and you know like how people say life is short, life is not short, life is long. There are many innings, there are many laps, you can keep coming back, you can be relevant again, you can um, People like the, the second coming, the third coming, the fourth coming of uh, politicians, of actors, even actresses today, right? People keep coming back and you're saying, oh, whoa, look who's back, who's been confirmed for a fourth season, fifth season. Uh, so I think that, I think the phrase cancel culture is like an exciting phrase that people have now really got into, but I don't think that. I think you can always come back and have another bash. Look at Monica Lewinsky, for example, having an amazing new innings in this time. You know, the, that is like the ultimate person who was ultimately cancelled. And uh, she's so relevant, she's so loved, people are listening. So I think that... Uh, uh, so, yeah, like I said. Joining
0: me now is Jyotsna Bhargav, an author and columnist. Uh, her book has uh, done in-depth understanding of what uh, drives today's teens, what are their struggles, what are their successes, how do they deal with social peer pressure, how do they deal with substances and so on and so forth. Uh, jotna thanks very much for joining us um, on Sisterhood. So, first up, What has been your investigation like, Uh, you know, especially uh, to do with social pressure, peer pressure, because today we're discussing cancel culture, which is sort of one side of the coin of the same issue
5: you know I find it a very scary phenomenon actually if you ask me given the kind of as you said the peer pressure that the children are under anyways and you know the kind of environment we are in today and that's totally been compounded by the pandemic having to you know stay inside and just be constantly online so I find that you know to be in that space as it is with that pressure that you know you. you're not light or you don't get those kind of likes so, or you know you, you, you aren't part of the cool gang and suddenly someone just says you're cancelled and, and, and in their uh, you know in, in, in their universe cancelling means you're completely out and from where the children see themselves it's like I don't you know they feel like that's it it's done they don't, they don't look at the longer picture they don't consider it temporary they don't consider it a phase. They consider that it is done. Everything because everything is in the moment anyway. Shelly, you know everything in social media, everything in their culture is momentary, and validation is momentary, gratification is momentary. So the cancel culture is also momentary, and I I find that you know the kind of impact it does on the health is just huge because. They're anyway trying to cope with just so many things today. They're trying to cope with, uh, you know, uh, being part of the cruel gang. They're trying to cope with kids who get phones to school at a young age and they don't have it. There's just so much to conform And, and it can be the silliest of things and the stupidest of things, you know, that will cancel them out. Oh, because you know they didn't get the phone or they won't part and, and then they're not taken you know or they didn't get junk to school which I see a lot of you know some parents who may not send uh, the Doritos or the crisps every day every every day to school or you know chocolates and the kids say that you know we, we can't share, we can't share because others don't share and so we cancelled out. It's as simple and as lame as that but in that uh, in, in what the children are going through today I think it has enormous implications and it impacts their health. It impacts their mental
0: health enormously. I find. What do you think this is doing to the mental health of young people today? This this constant feel that I don't want to say something that hurts another friend. Some cases that might be the truth. Uh, in other cases, just this desire to constantly meet or live up to somebody else's expectations.
5: Oh, yeah, I think it's I think it's huge, and I, I've been saying this all along. That you know we don't look at how mental health affects our young and uh you know we, we're we constantly a, uh we're constantly uh shall we still don't talk about it with the adults so you know young are not even uh, and, you know on the peripheral vision of ours when it comes to mental health and uh I, and it's really sad because i think 13 to uh 18 or 15 to 18 it's the largest cause of suicide in the country so those statistics are very damning and yet uh, you know and, and unfortunately what i saw during the book was also that every little thing triggers them off and uh, any, anything you know and, and the one constant question that I asked most of these children going you know who I spoke with for the book and I spoke to many many children was that why do you have constant angst why is there so much sensitivity why are you guys always always on edge and this cancel culture takes it further you know I mean they've got their own issues they're dealing with cancel culture comes from the outside right so you've got your internal factors you're dealing with your own Stuff that's going on. You're dealing with feeling that you're not adequate. You're dealing with feeling that you know you, you're not beautiful, or you haven't got enough lights so or you're not tall, if you're not you know you don't have a good figure. And then somebody else just comes and cancels you. And then it becomes groupism, right? So it's 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 in a sense it, it's no different from bullying. And you you know you you get you gang up to cancel out one person who may have anyway got issues. You know you may anyway be. Uh, you know and anyway, we be struggling to conform with the rules of cyber media and social media and so what happens eventually is that some of them you know get to self harm some of them you know become reclusive while others i think they take uh, the advantage of anonymity and then they strike back right and yeah. they strike back it- through that uh, lens of anonymity and you know, they may upload something against somebody or they may talk, you know, th- that uploading the news or uploading videos is so common today. So I think it depends on how a child will react to that and I think again it comes back to societies, it comes back to children, to parents more than children, to schools, how we introduce them to the cancel culture because I mean it is a reality in today's times.
0: How much of this should be discussed at home? Uh, how relevant is the conversation with parents on these issues? Because most children, young people, like to keep this hush hush. You know, it's like a part of the gang. It's not a conversation that needs to happen with parents. Uh, are there are there parts of your book which uh, dealt with those? Oh, absolutely. I find
5: most of the things that concern the children, right? I mean, even from body shaming. What is body shaming? It's a phrase. It's in your mind. It's not because it's not tangible. Charlie. they don't think that you know it's something they can deal with and even bullying for now it's it's something they'll be like oh it's, it's a face in school you'll get over it right unfortunately bullying has diversified into cyber bullying sexual bullying girl on girl bullying so everything everything is you know we have to take a step back and we have to catch up and I say that for social media and I say for all these terminologies and I say for the digital world that you know for, our, for us adults I don't think it's enough to just say oh our kids are digital you know are di- digital savvy and oh they know everything and you know they'll take they, they Get the hang of it and we said very proudly right but I don't think it's enough I think we are so busy playing self, the selfie game ourselves as parents and as you know we're, we're experimenting with it ourselves right with social media that we, we haven't upped our game and I think that it's very crucial and Oh sure, I mean you're talking about the cancer culture, I'll tell you words like grooming which is so critical for parents to know today, especially where you know the boys are gaming extensively and I've had so many conversations and everybody's turned around and said what is grooming you know, what is it I mean we only know apart from uh, where you look nice and wear good clothes and I'm horrified because your child is gaming 10-10 hours and you have no concept of grooming but again, we dismiss it. It, it. It's again, it's the same thing. You know, we, we don't take privacy seriously. We don't take those. So, so, there's just so much that is there for us to learn, for us to up our game. If we want to make this, if we want to make it a better place for our children today because things are shooting constantly from that space and everything is new and you know I mean there's a new lexicon every other day for these children to cope with and I was asking my daughter this yesterday after you know we had the conversation and I said how many uh, you know how many people around you how many parents know about uh, cancel culture she said mama I doubt anybody does
0: There you have it. Cancel culture is clearly a concept that's still in motion. We're all grappling with it. We're understanding it far better every single day. Social media is a big reason why cancel culture has sort of got this sense of virality. But it's a term that's here to stay because we're likely to see it go beyond the social media space to an offline world, whether it's politics, to finance, it's about influencer behavior, to parenting. All of this is a conversation we need to keep on top of our table, debate it, question it just as much as we choose to follow it so stay tuned and we look forward to keep at it bringing new issues new elements new discussions new faces new voices to discuss the world that is shaping right before us